everyone. Welcome to the Programmatic Podcast, a weekly podcast about programming. I'm Michael Dowies, and this will be a weekly podcast to talk about, well, programming. I'm really excited to be here with you all today. I've been interested in programming ever since I was young, so I'm glad to be here. And uh, we're doing this live weekly and uh, on YouTube, and we'll ha- look at other methodologies as well. So um, this podcast will be about programming and how to write programs. Um, we'll be talking about how to write code, how to test your code, how to automate things, how to use shortcuts, how to use you know things on Android, Tasker, how to do pretty much anything to involve, to add programming into your life. Because the truth of the matter is, if you add one small thing of programming, like if you automate something in your life, you're using programming with computers. So this podcast is dedicated to to the beginner and to the intermediate and to the expert. So we'll have content for all of those things. And, you know, you might say, well, okay, if I'm a beginner and you're talking about expert level stuff, how do I figure that out? And the best way is how I got started, and that's Googling it. Say, you know, I'm talking about um, a URL session. What the heck is a URL session? Google it. Say, what is a URL session in programming? And that's going to be the best way that you learn what this stuff is, right? So we'll be talking about pretty much everything, um, you know, we have Taylor in the chat who said every industry requires programming, and you're correct. You know, even, you know, you do finance, and that requires programming to build the applications, but also to automate, you know, um, sending information from Stripe to QuickBooks or things like that. You know, I and, and Taylor said, maybe now we should Bing it instead of Google it. And yeah, you know, um, when when everybody gets that feature, I agree. So we're really, you know, programming is, it's such an interesting time to get into it with AI and all those things. And we'll talk about that in this podcast as well. We're also going to do programming challenges at the end of each episode. Even today, I'll be giving you a programming challenge uh, to work on. And, you know, we'll cover a few things before the challenge. And then we'll we'll go over those things on the next episode. We'll talk about what those things, you know, how to come up with a solution for the challenge. We'll also be hearing from um, some other voices, um, mechanical voices on this podcast. And I'd like to introduce them now to the podcast listeners. Sorry, you guys on YouTube. Yes, programming, according to Taylor, can help solve the labor shortages. Um, We're going to hear now from our um, other folks that will be on the podcast. Uh, If you're listening after the fact, YouTube stream folks, I'm sorry, but you guys will not hear this. But I want to welcome our AI overlords. I mean, uh, 11 Labs is uh, AI speech, uh, uh, text-to-speech engines, who will be reading our code in the final version of the podcast. So say hello, 11 11 Labs. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having us on the Programmatic Podcast. We will be here each week to read example code so that listeners can experience something different while listening to the podcast. 
All right. Thanks, Eleven Labs. That was great. So we'll have that in on the podcast so you guys can hear what you'll be hearing. And when we do code, they will be reading all of the code out loud. And that I think that will give you guys, like, you'll hear my voice, but you'll also hear other voices as well. And on episode two, you'll be able to hear that when we go over the results of the challenges. Why, why program? Why even be interested in this field? Basically, why write a bunch of code? Why is it interesting? And the answer is because why is it interesting to take a piece of paper and draw something and make that come to life? Why is it interesting to take a piano, a guitar, or anything, any musical instrument, and use it to make music? You're making something from nothing. And with programming, that is what you're doing. You're taking what you know, and you're making that something, that nothing, into something with your mind, with your thoughts. You're essentially telling the computer what you want to make from nothing. Before you write it, it doesn't exist. And yes, it can be used to make money, but it could also be used as art. And I fully believe that a good, well-written program is art. You know, I look at my app, Pocket Braille, as, you know, I offer it as a paid app. It's in the App Store, but it's also a representation of the person making it, right? And, you know, one of the things that we talk about is making your stuff accessible. That's very important. Blind people need to be able to use your code as well as everybody else. But at the end of the day, I I want people to know that even, even the inaccessible code, it's still art. And, you know, a lot of people in our community, because I'm, I'm a blind programmer, legally blind, a lot of people will say it's a terrible code because it's not accessible. And I feel like that's almost an injustice to the programmers because the programmer may not have been educated in the way to make things accessible. Or they may be told by their manager, we cannot take the time to make this accessible. And it's a shame because the programmer wants to do better. Nine times out of 10, the programmers want to do the right thing, but they don't have the budget, the money, or the clearance to take those steps. And a lot of people do not realize that. And so I want to tell every developer out there, always strive to do more. Always strive to learn more before you start taking that blank canvas and painting your life's work with it. Because the more you're able to learn, the less criticism you'll get for your art. And I think that's one thing going into this that you have to look at is, um, you know, are you going into it to solve a problem and crunch numbers? If yes, then that's okay. Programming is fine. But if you're going into it to, you know, look at it as art, that's a totally different thing. Going into programming and looking at it as art is a way to not get burnt out on what you're doing. Because every day you write a line of code, you're making art. 
you're solving problems and you're doing analytical things while doing it. But at the end of the day, you've taken a blank screen on an iPhone and you've made it into something wonderful. You've taken a blank screen on a desktop and you've made it into something that people will not forget. You know, uh, people see the product and they say, oh, a bunch of people sat in a room and developed this thing, but they don't see it as art, as I think a lot of programmers do. At least I, I see it as art. Uh, but I don't know that a lot of people see it as such. And I think that uh, to really get people into the field of programming, we have to see it as art. And that's what, why we're having this podcast weekly is so that people can see programming for something that they may not have seen it for. Um, and, and I think that's important, right? For people to see programming can be a passion and an art instead of just a mindless chore. And, you know, we have AI that can write code and people are like, oh, AI is going to take all programming jobs in five years. No, it won't. No, it won't. AI will allow us to be more creative in five years. We'll be able to take code from AI and you do all the, as we call, boilerplate things like creating a new view controller, which is a, a Swift um, um, user interface uh, screen. And it will generate that for us, put it in our project, and you know we just tell it what we want to do, and it fills in as we're typing. That's where coding is going. We could say, uh, I need this to auto layout to be pin center and 50 points up. I'm, I just watched a class on how to do that, and I can figure it out now, but I still have to look up the code because I, I can't remember all that. But the AI, you just prompt it and tell it what you want, and it will do it for you. And that is where AI, I think, is going to go. That is where we're going to see programming go in the next five years. And, you know, eventually we may have low code to no code completely. But, you know, I think that if you want customization and uh, assured and promised accessibility, you're still going to need a fully coded solution or, or a low code solution like WordPress for a website or React Native or um, Flutter for multi-platform. You're going to need these things, guys. <clears throat> it's just one of those things that you know you're going to need. And that's just the way that it's going to have to work. Programming is going to be part of our lives for a very long time. Even if it's to change the AI data models, you know. So I think that's one of the things that the reasons why I want to have this podcast is to talk about that. You know, when I started writing code, it was in QBasic when I was like 10 years old. Then I went on to QuickBasic and then Visual Basic and then... HTML and websites, JavaScript, Ajax. I wrote my own Ajax engine. And then I went on to, um, uh, uh, in 2011, Swift. Yeah, well, no, correct me. I'm corrected. Objective-C. Then I think 2015, Swift. 
and Android development, Java, um, and then JavaScript again for Cordova apps. So it's, you know, I still want to learn Kotlin and I want to learn Dart for Flutter. There's so many things that are out there to learn. You can't possibly learn it all. So you learn what works best for you and what you like the most, because that's the key, right? Some people really, 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 really love Java. I don't know how. I, I, I don't know how, personally. I hate a language that involves like 30 plus include statements at the top of the file to bring in all of the classes that I need. If you can't see me shaking my head and, and, and just, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's, it's tiring. I mean, there are IDEs like um, IntelliJ and Android Studio that will do it all for you. But I just don't, I just don't, I don't see why that's fun. Um, you know, JavaScript has some of that, um, but not nearly as much. And it, usually it's your own modules that you've included. Swift is very different. And I think Kotlin may be this way, but I learned, you know, I was in, including everything, foundation, uh, UI kit, and everything else. And I learned in the class, did you know that if you import UI kit, you're importing foundation? No. So it, it's little things like that that are like, wow, I had no clue. You know, you're always learning something new. You're always getting better. I've been writing, you know, UI kit for, for nearly eight, nine years, and I'm still learning things. So, uh, you know, I'm writing, you know, Cordova apps now, and I'm learning things about that constantly. You know, the back button gesture, very interesting stuff. How does that work? How does Cordova handle that on an Android app? And again, uh, you know, Cordova is a way to build apps for iPhone and Android using HTML. If you have not seen it, look it up. It's called Apache Cordova. Used to also was known as PhoneGap by Adobe. It's a way you could build mobile apps using HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. So um, there's so many different things that are involved there. So... You know, during this podcast, we're going to be talking about all these things. You know, building your apps, how to get a compiler, how to get a good IDE, what is an IDE, um, how to distribute your apps, how do you distribute your desktop programs, how much does all this cost, where do you get all these things, what is even used for what. There's a lot, there's so many different topics we can talk about. And we're going to do it every week. And I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're going to have a segment for people that are in chat to ask questions. And I'm going to come to that here pretty soon. Um, but I, I want to just say I'm really excited to be on this journey with the rest of you. And, you know, I'm, I'm just blown away that there's not many things like this out there. So I guess what I would like to do is open it up. If we have anybody in chat, um, you know, ask any questions. What would you like to see on the podcast? What are things that you want out of this show? 
And um, where would you like to see the show go in the future? You know, one of the things we're going to do as well, we'll have other people on to ask questions. And if you are getting, or if you're new to programming and you want to get started and you want to come on and ask your questions, we'll be doing that too at times. So we're going to do all kinds of different topics. So really, you know, thinking that we're going to involve as many people as we can. Also, um, I'll be putting links to our Programming for Everyone communities in the show notes. So you could join there and I'll be promoting the show on those as well. How do you get started programming? Let's talk about that. There's a few websites. Free Code uh, Camp is one. Uh, Code Academy is another. They have you know step-by-step free courses. They have a paid courses as well. But I would check those out. They're very good courses, course platforms. So uh, check the check into those. LinkedIn Learning has helped me a lot. I'm no longer on that service, but it's still great. So check that out. Um, also, there's YouTubers for pretty much anything you want to learn on iOS side of things. Two Straws or uh, Paul Hudson does the Hacking with Swift series. Very good stuff. Sean Allen does some great, amazing uh, Swift uh, lessons and, and Swift UI. Um, there's others out there. Those are kind of the ones I follow because I'm very much into iOS programming and things like that. So those guys are great. YouTube's Coding with Chris is another one. Fireship for JavaScript. He's amazing. Uh, he does these whatever language in 90 seconds uh, courses. So those are a lot of fun. Um, so there's a lot of great courses out there for free. You don't even have to pay for some of this stuff, folks. You just take advantage of what's online. Uh, again, there's LinkedIn Learning. You can pay for that and get some great materials. So, yeah. Um, and, and you know, we'll do a deeper dive probably next time on what's the right language for you to learn as well. Where do you go for resources other than learning? Um, it depends on what you're trying to do. But like for Apple, there's, you know, the Apple developer app for Mac has some great resources um, and documents. The Hacking with Swift website is great. Uh, you know, just Googling will be great. Stack Overflow has some great articles. And even just looking in chat GPT can give you inspiration. It's not always right, but it can give you inspiration and then help you on your way to find what's right. The next thing you want to do is make sure that you uh, have the right equipment. You're not going to be able to do this on a Chromebook, folks. I hate to tell you. I mean, there are some Chromebooks that have the specs that can do this, but a $200 Chromebook is not going to be the best for programming. So get yourself a little computer that, you know, at least an i5, you know, 128 gigs of hard drive space will be the minimum. And, you know, eight gigs of RAM is the minimum. Uh, you know, more you can get, the better. So it just depends on what you're doing. If you're doing iOS development, you definitely want to be on a Mac. That is very important. And preferably an M, uh, Apple Silicon-based Mac. Though That's the best way to build those because you can test it right on the Mac. You don't have to have it on your phone. And if you're building web-based applications, you do want to have Google Chrome. And that's because of some requirements that it has built in. So there's a lot of different things that you'll need. 
You'll need an IDE, which is an integrated developer environment for whatever you're trying to do. And we'll talk about that in detail. But um, all of those things are, are good resources. Okay, I want to see, I want to give one last call to see if there's anybody in chat and uh, that has any questions. And then we're going to go and jump onto our challenge for the day. Okay, so our challenge for today is simple. We want to build a basic Hello World application that can take input. And instead of saying Hello World, it will say Hello and then the person's name. You'll need to create a variable to hold the name and get the input. This will be a console-based application. So, you know, if you're using Visual Studio, you know, for C Sharp or C++, you want to build a console application. And um, then you'll also want to... Uh, you know, take input, store it in a variable, and print that output on screen. I will, if you would like to send those to me, mikedoeys at icloud.com, and I can uh, take those in and look at them, and I'll send you back if, you, if I have any feedback. But what you can do is if you um, send me those, uh, we'll make it a contest, and I'll, I will have 11 labs read out the most interesting solution on screen. And then I'll show my solution or one or two solutions in different languages. So that's pretty exciting. So, uh, you know, another thing we'll talk about as we go is source control. How to use Git. What are some different methods for using Git? Some different techniques. Git flow, other things, you know, continuous integration, continuous delivery, or CICD as it's called. We'll talk about those things. We'll talk about a lot of different topics here on this show. So I'm really excited to experience all of this with you all. So that's going to do it for episode one of Programmatic. This is Michael, and we will see you on the episode that we will be recording next week. So thanks again for joining me. And if you're uh, on YouTube, please subscribe, like, share, turn on notifications, all those things that you would normally do for YouTube. And thanks again for joining me. And we will see you all in the next episode.